0: This is a podcast from the Poetry Society.
1: I think that there is that that thing about anonymity, curiously being, in a way, the ultimate goal of a poet or a writer, because the things that last, that are anonymous, are the things
2: that people have really treasured, readers have treasured enough. And someone said it was like getting rid of your luggage at the airport, a feeling of freedom that you were lighter.
0: My name's Mike Sims, and I'm at Keats House in London in the company of poets Maniza Alvey and Esther Morgan.
2: I'm uh, Manisa Alvey. I'm Esther Morgan.
0: Guest editors of the latest brilliant issue of Poetry Review entitled The Anonymous Invitation. And we're here to talk about some of their ideas behind the magazine, uh, not least this tantalising and rather exciting concept of The Anonymous Poem and what such a thing might do to the relationship between the writer, reader, and for the poem itself too. Uh, Can you say a little bit about how you arrived at the idea for the issue of The Anonymous Invitation? It's rather a nice story.
1: Um, Yes, well, about a year ago I stumbled across um, a really interesting story on the internet about an artist who is leaving paper sculptures, very intricately created paper sculptures at various literary venues around Edinburgh and they were Left just in obscure corners of the Scottish Poetry Library and various other places around Edinburgh, uh, and they were just left by the artist anonymously in support, really, or against the idea of cuts to um, arts funding and, and library funding. Um, but they were they were such a beautiful gesture. I was really struck by it at the time, um, and. When it came to editing poetry review and thinking about what sorts of themes we might want to look at, the idea of this uh, anonymous sculpture came back into my head um, and I shared the link uh, with Manisa to the story and we were both really struck by it and wondered whether we could transfer the idea or explore the idea of anonymity from uh, a sculptor and artist to uh, the field of
2: poetry. And of course um, Anonymous, uh, Anon, is it, a very prolific poet or has been in the past. Uh, for instance in The Rattlebag edited by um, Heaney and Hughes uh, there are many more poems attributed to Anon than to any other mm. single uh, poet. So there's a, quite a, a rich history there that we thought we could continue.
1: And That we could explore in a contemporary way. Um, I think Once we started to think about the idea of anonymity as a deliberate act on the part of a writer, it became quite intriguing... You know, why would a poet want to not put their name uh, to something they'd written? What might it do to their creative engagement with their, with their writing? Uh, would it change it in any way? So we almost came up with the idea of performing a little kind of laboratory experiment uh, with mm-hmm. some willing poets. And for me personally, I think what struck me about this uh, sculptor leaving his or her sculptures around was the act of sort of generosity in it, of just giving something away and not claiming it. I, I was really drawn to that gesture.
0: How did you feel about anonymity in relation to the writing and reading of poetry when you began the issue and how do you feel about it now?
2: We wondered how people would feel about it because um, to to have a poem in poetry review is a big thing for most Mm. poets and and to have your name to it um, can be really nice. The idea of naming or of not being named is is such a big area Mm. and in some ways it's quite disconcerting um, to read a poem with nothing at the bottom because names are powerful. Mm. But we asked um, poets who were very well or, or fairly established Mm. yes we, we did once we'd
1: come up with the idea we then wondered about how to implement it and most people s- said yes mm. Pe- the poets we approached I keep thinking I'm going to say their names um, <laughs> the poets we approached did did seem very open to the idea. So in the first instance, that seemed a sort sort of a validation. We were quite relieved when people started saying yes Yes. um, and were quite interested, I think. Several of them
2: responded very positively to the idea of the experiment. They didn't all write a new poem. Hmm. We we thought everybody might want to write new poems, but in fact, um, some people um, wanted to submit a, a poem they'd written that was perhaps a bit different from their Mm. their usual style. So
0: that gave an opportunity. How do you think the poets involved in the anonymous section felt about the experience?
2: Well, it was quite varied, really, the response. I think somebody felt that um, initially it was really exciting, but then found that it, it was so open. It was quite tricky at first. And then they wrote something which actually um, had... Was it the anonymity as a theme? Mm. Um, and, and that, that feeling of openness, and what do we do next?
1: Mm. There, there was a real range, and. Uh sort of surprised me a little bit. Um, It was almost as if we'd planned it that way but obviously we didn't know how people would receive it but it ranged right from somebody who felt that it it didn't change their writing style or process at all that they wrote just in the way that they would have always done. Didn't Um, feel they had a brand. Didn't feel they had a brand to uphold so it, it therefore didn't feel a particular... Liberation to uh, somebody at the other end who said they really found it a welcome opportunity to try something new, that it really let them, uh, let yeah. their imagination go and, and was an enabling experience to, to help them write something that they perhaps wouldn't have written otherwise. So, and every kind of shade in between, really,
2: yeah, to somebody who
1: didn't <laughs> respond at all, who just chose... Uh, the ultimate on anonymity in a way. They just said, this is the poem, not going to say anything about it.
2: And someone said it was like getting rid of your luggage at the airport, a feeling of freedom, that you were lighter, that, that you didn't mm. have, or, or your, your background um, information that you usually trailed behind you.
1: The, the sorts of poets we approached, as Manisa said, are, are well-established, well-known... And I think there does come a point in a poet's publishing career where expectations build up from readers, uh, from Mm -hmm. their own sense of who they are as a writer, which I think can start to be pigeonholing um, a little. Both from your own point of view, you can feel like, well, I'm Mm -hmm. the sort of poet who writes this kind of... Mm-hmm. poem, you know, mm-hmm. and it can, yeah. I, I think it can be quite hard to sort of
2: uh, elbow your way out of those sort of preconceptions. So at first when you, when you write, um, you're not so aware that you're going to have readers, you perhaps hope that you're going to have readers, um, but, but then you can uh, be quite worried about those readers who, who are going to pigeonhole you perhaps, or feel, oh, actually preferred the other thing that they were doing (laughs) that the Uh, poet was doing yeah
1: i think the other thing in my mind as well for the whole theme was we say in the, the editorial about it being a very noisy kind of environment at the moment in which to write because of the internet because of facebook and social media and it used to be that you know you would publish a a book and maybe there'd be articles around it and things or maybe an interview if you were well known enough but now there's a sort of ongoing uh, expectation that you'll be engaging, expressing, posting, tweeting and I I felt that what was very nice going back to that original idea of the sculptor leaving their their pieces was that sort of sense of silence around the thing Mm. itself It wasn't entrammeled. There was then a Mm. lot of stuff on social media about who it was and um, people swapping the story and a a lovely buzz building up about the story. But around the actual artwork itself, there was this sort of quietness, really. And and again, I wondered whether that would be helpful, liberating to, to poets not to feel that need to engage with other
2: forms of communication around their work. Mm. Sometimes you, you want your poem um, to live on, but not for you to have to be the ambassador for it. Mm. And, and not, not for you to have to be so visible. And so many things that are asked of a poet are nothing to do with writing a poem. Mm.
0: Um, is this an exercise either of you would apply to your own poetry now? For example?
2: Yeah. I think I'd take up the invitation if I I was offered it. Yes, I think so. Um,
1: We did even toy with the idea of being anonymous editors, (laughs) but we decided that would be too complicated. Um, But I think, yeah, I would be interested maybe that there, there needs to be a space where people are offered that that
2: chance a regular, i mean listen a regular space would be interesting
1: yeah that obviously the internet does offer that there are so many i mean that that was the other thing about anonymity it's it's kind of got a bad name as it were because of the kind of maliciousness of anonymous posters and bloggers etc on the internet has got tied a tidal wave of people abusing anonymity really whereas this was about anonymity is as a sort of more positive engagement not hiding behind it in order to be malicious or spiteful or whatever but to or libelous but to engage with anonymity as a positive thing Uh, and um, yeah maybe maybe we'll become anonymous bloggers or something yeah
2: (laughs) We did consider having the whole magazine as an anonymous Mm. issue, even the reviews, but we decided against that. Yeah. I think anonymity, it depends where the power is. I think if you're a reviewer or an editor,
1: um, you're you're sort of in a position of of power to a degree, and therefore being anonymous feels less uh, positive somehow than if you're just offering up your actual poetry without mm. a name attached to it. It felt very different when we, we mm. sort of discussed it. Uh,
0: you're only the fourth or fifth women editors of Poetry Review, so uh, do you think anonymity has any special relevance for women's writing?
2: So, sometimes um, women can find it quite difficult um, to find that uninhibited voice S- sometimes write. Uh, um, in persona or behind masks. And anonymity is a, is a kind of mask. It's almost a double-edged sword,
1: isn't it, in that historically anonymity and, and using pseudonyms has been important in the history of women being able to publish and have a voice at all. But there comes a point at which you feel, as a woman, you definitely do want to claim your words and put your name to it and have ownership of what what you say but there's also been that intriguing sort of tradition as you say of of women writing in different voices um, writing using persona and so I think may, maybe there's a maybe it's an option to have and as an initial sort of liberating sort of space perhaps it could still be useful I still think women, Poets, women writers can suffer from more of a sense of inhibition or lack of confidence. I think that comes across in poetry workshops sometimes. Yes, um, yes. struggling to give themselves permission to say certain things, and perhaps anonymity can st- offer that freedom. But also, you you know, as as women, you do want to lay claim to your voice as well. So I think there's there's different um, yeah impulses pulling in different directions. I mean, there's a quote at the start, the Jane Hirschfield quote at the start of the editorial, which is something like, "We um, we, we like to be hidden, but we long we, to be seen." The sort mm. of pull and push of
2: recognition versus remaining hidden. Oh, we also thought it would be interesting uh, for the readers to contemplate whether they thought a poem was written by a man or a woman and what Mm. kind of expectations we have perhaps falsely uh, about what women and men will write. Mm. Absolutely so yeah we haven't talked much
1: about the freedom it might offer to a reader to just sort of approach a a poem. Jen's essay as you said touches on that sort of almost courteousness of, of a poem and a reader kind of meeting in a space that's got less baggage than it would have if you know who's written the words and i think her micro essays have got really interesting mm-hmm. things to say about that kind of interplay between the poem saying enough but not too much allowing space for the reader to enter and create meaning as a as a kind of dialogue between the two and i think anonymity provides that an extra Space a bit more space to do that, to have that
2: relationship between reader and poem. Um, Linda France commented in, in her essay mm. that uh, women, some women felt that, there were, that women would go to hear men read their poems, but it wasn't reciprocated <laughs> always. So um, th- this gives a kind of neutral ground for, mm. uh, for poems
0: uh, to, to emerge. Are there any uh, poems or essays you pick out particularly and why?
2: Well, we were just chatting um, about uh, the, the Katrina Porteous poem and we thought that, that that was a poem that might have been written by Anon mm. in a previous century, really, mm. because it's so so pithy and and so memorable.
1: Pithy, and because it is very, very pure lyric, it has got a real sense of timelessness because there's no contemporary references no or anything mm. like that. You know, the, the language is very simple, it's a very piercing thought beautifully expressed and yeah I I thought it it felt like one of those things that you might read in the in the rattle bag that had somebody had sighed out (laughs) in the 15th century and here it was kind of so that I was very pleased to include that poem because it did have that connection I think and I think that there is that thing about anonymity curiously being in a way, the ultimate goal of a poet or a writer because the things that last that are anonymous are the things that people have really treasured, readers have treasured enough. And there may be a name attached to it, Sappho or Homer or whatever, oh, but essentially they're anonymous because we know so little about them or or indeed yeah. just these these poems by Anon. But because... People have valued them. They've survived everything to do with biographical context, um, and that the words live on. And in a way, if I, if somebody could say to me, uh, two lines of yours will be remembered in three or four hundred years' time, and they won't know who wrote them. That but I'd be really, really thrilled with that. I think that would be the ultimate sort of mm. tribute, in a way, because it means people have. Have loved them enough to hold on to them even when everything else has sort of disappeared. But I think with the poetry section, we were very pleased by that range, weren't we?
2: From something like Katrina's the death of King Tahaka, which we put next to it, which is um, very long and um, such a contrast, rich kind
1: of language and and is a kind of really ornate in some ways poem beautifully realised. Yes. You know, the, the poem section ranges from that to, to Katrina's sort of
2: and yet, short. And yet both poems feel as if they were written with ease, as mm. if someone had broken through. Mm.
1: Katrina Porteous. So this is Katrina Portius's poem, It Will Pass. It will pass. Oh, the temporariness of grief,
2: by which we weather it. Oh, temporariness, spring of all grief.
0: Uh, so you're going to tell us who wrote the anonymous poems?
2: Ah, well, ah. this is
1: interesting, isn't it? Um, um, most have agreed. Yeah, we've, we, we left it open to po- the poets to remain anonymous for as long as they wanted, really. Um, but we also felt it's difficult because in a way we wanted that experiment to stand, but also we knew that Readers would be really interested too. So, we left the poets with an option. All but one of them have said they are happy to have their names revealed a bit further down the line. I think the Poetry Society will uh, find a way of doing that. Um, but one has said no, they want to remain anonymous until they choose to reveal that they're the writer if it appears in a book.
0: Did you want to say anything about Keats? Uh... You made a passing observation about reputation.
1: It's just interesting that we're here in discussing anonymity in Keats's house, and he is a poet whose reputation started off as a minor kind of thing and then has become this worldwide brand, dare I say, use the word, but uh, almost the archetypal poet in a way, romantic poet anyway, who's, who cast such a long shadow. Um, so it just, it has interesting kind of connotations really. Um, but he had his eye to his reputation after death. He, he did think about, project forward, think about, you know, being among the English poets after his death. So... We all think about reputation, I think. So it's just interesting to put an anonymity alongside that. Eternity in the group. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) We hope you enjoyed listening to this Poetry Society podcast. To find out more about the Poetry Society and how you can become involved, visit www.poetrysociety.org.uk.